Welcome to episode 120 of Out Off Topic. What's up, Brad? It's a good round number. It is a good round number. What's up with you? Not too much. Did you know that on the day that we are recording this, January 2nd, this day in history triva, trivia, Richard Nixon signed the national speed law into effect? I actually did know that because I also saw it posted probably in the same place you did today. I didn't. Um, but before today. I researched it before today, actually. How did you happen to research it just for today? Um, I was actually, I, sadly, I couldn't remember that we did a whole show on the national speed limit. 55 mile an hour speed limit. Yep. Called Double Nickel. Yep. And I was like looking it up and I remembered that we did a whole show on it. Yeah, a whole hour. And yeah. that's, how I fr- uh, that's how I figured it out. Oh, well, it's timely because it definitely is today. And I don't remember if it was Jalopnik or some other, you know, car blog site that had an article about it today with the famous black and white picture of the guy changing out the 75-mile-an-hour speed limit sign for a 55-mile-an-hour speed limit sign. Yeah. But, um, well, that's the only trivia I have. That's fine. We don't we do not do trivia as a rule, so nope. the, uh, it's not a segment, just a thing. No. I just figured we'd start the show that way. But Project Car updates, not much. Change the oil in the Montero. That was about it. Yeah. I it was uh, kind of a holiday weekend. So. I, put, I, I put some desiccant in the interiors of the cars. Yeah. Um, just some <clears throat> cans of damp rid. Just and because it, the temperature change has been so crazy. Yeah. So it's been damp. It's a metal building that's stored in. So when it's been, you know, 55, 29, 52, 23... It's getting uh, it's getting damp inside the building. So, I know you tried to go for a ride and get your cars on Saturday, but I where did. they were stored, they yeah. had salted the roads. Because down here, the roads were clear because it had been raining and warm, and I drove ninety percent of the way to where the cars are stored, and there was salt all over the place up there. Yep. So we ended up taking the Montero out and trying out because we bombarded everyone with pictures of my Montero. Yes, we did. Uh, so we took some, you and I, you got a new lens. We yeah, talked I got about a that. new 50 Prime, yep. So we're trying it out in uh, next town over. It has a bunch of murals painted downtown. So mm-hmm. very urban environment because, you know, that Montero never goes off-road. I wasn't going to say it, but you brought <laughs> it up yourself. In fact, when we were taking pictures of it, I was like, Andrew's going to get crap for this. No, everybody liked the pictures, so you'll get more of them. Um, And you detailed the Zuru, too, it looks like. No, I just washed it. That oh, looks pretty good. It's been pretty decent. Hasn't gotten all yeah. salty. So it made me sad though with the location you chose. Yeah, because it's a defunct bowling alley that wasn't defunct until recently. Mm. And that was a neat place. Yeah. No, actually, I I cleaned the inside of the Montero because I hadn't cleaned it since the New England Forest Rally. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty dirty. It was very dirty. Um. So yeah, I cleaned that. But I guess we'll get right into listener questions because we have a bunch of them and. Also, welcome to our first show of 2019. Yeah, may as well start with questions. Yep. So do you want to start with, we'll go to Instagram. Yeah, we can start at Instagram. All right, so question number one. Go for it. Uh, comes from Mike Sam Can. Mm-hmm. He says, any interest in, quote, crap can racing? Seems like lemons and jump car would be a good fit for you guys. I feel like we've talked about this before. Um, he must have obviously not heard that episode. Um, it's okay. I'm not a huge fan of it. Which ones, though? Any of it. Really? I, mean, I, I get the general concept of it. I understand what it is. Um, I don't think the Lemons, like, themed racing is for me. 
I'm more into it's the whole costume thing. I just don't care about that and the yeah. weird penalties. I'm more into the idea of chump car. Yeah, which chump car makes more point sense. Point season, to me. point season, points like use the way they use like points and like you can buy whatever car you want to buy and they just add or deduct points i think my main problem with lemons is i don't necessarily have a problem with the idea the concept or the execution i think my problem with lemons is being a um northeast car enthusiast the pool of cars to choose from is so low and i don't like seeing nice cars turned into bananas and put in a racetrack you know, I just, I don't like it. Some people would say you don't like fun, but uh, I'm not I'm not that into it either. Brad hates fun. I'm more into like the chump car where it's an actual race car. Yeah. That you take an old race car and use. Yeah, and I you like... can use chump car for other racing series if you wanted to, whereas a lemons car wouldn't fit a lot of the rule book. I don't think you'd bring a, I don't even know what you'd bring, to, you, like, I don't think you'd use a lemons car in an American Endurance Series race. That's what I mean, where the chump car is a little more universal. You can take a chump car to an ADR race. You can take a chump car to, you know, any Coda Track Day. You can take a chump car, a chump car to any SCCA Autocross or. You could buy an E30 BMW that was turned into a race car 20 years ago. That's what I've done too. Yeah. And run chump car with it, and then probably update and run ADR or something. I don't yes. know the rules exactly, but it just I seems, imagine it makes you could it do makes that. more sense. You know, E30, or in our case, we'd look for an old Colt race car. If yeah. I had an old Colt race car, I'd love to do jump car. I'd love to do AER. I'd love to autocross it. I'd love to do everything with it. I think yeah. that would be fun. I just, I, it's the theme thing that that burns me on lemons every time. Yeah, I don't get into costume. I don't get into all of that. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Next question. Throttle by cable. Are you all going to be at STPR this year? I'm going to attend it, and it will be my first rally. Do we know what the date is of STPR this year? I don't, but it's usually the end of May, early June. Okay. So, uh, tentatively, yes, I plan on it, and especially if Throttle by Cable is going to be there. Well, you are way off. I am way off? Uh, it's moving this year to September. Really? Yeah, September 13th and 14th, 2019. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So it used to be the weekend you're saying, but yeah. it says, press release, STPR moved to September in 2019. Oh, okay. So I don't think there's much going on in September. September's kind of the winding down of... It depends if uh, that is usually around the time of JCSS. JCCS. JCCS. Japanese Classic Car Show, which is definitely on the list this year. I always get the acronym messed up. Uh, well, that totally depends on that, because uh, I've never been to that. So if I have if the opportunity comes up... Towards the end of the fall, I think travel the opportunity there. will be there this year because I will live there. So that is going to be. Nope. So STPR is the 13th and 14th of yep. September, and JCCS is the 21st. Okay. So. All right. We shall see. Throttle cable. I will hopefully be a West Coaster by then. So, Andrew, you probably have to come because you can just crash with me and we can take the six-hour drive over there. Mm-hmm. So, All yes. right. Underscore Blake MT. What neo-modern used auto will see the most buyer interest this year? I assume he means that's had less interest so far? I think so. Hmm. And auto, he doesn't mean automatic transmission. No, I'm sure he means car. 
Yeah, it must be British. Auto, auto off topic doesn't mean automatic transmission off topic. So some would argue <laughs> it is. It is not. <laughs> um, I don't know what would be new um, this year that would be a a, a new up and coming car. I think newly modern. Um, well, I think like the picture you chose, your WRX. Those cars are becoming old. They're becoming they're they're gonna, they're going they've hit rock bottom. I think. That car is 15 years old now. Yeah, it's hit value wise. They've hit rock bottom. STIs bottomed out at like 15 grand. Yeah, and I don't think they'll ever get any cheaper. And the standard WRX is bottomed out around three. Yeah, 3,500 will buy you a decent car, not in New England, <laughs> but it'll buy you a decent car elsewhere in the country. Evos bottomed out. I've seen some for like 12, but they're junk. They are junk. Clean ones are still 19. Yep. Uh, what uh, I traded, I traded in my O three. Um, in 2005, I traded it in for 19 grand and it's never gone less than that. I'm willing to bet that clean S2000s are going to start fetching a lot more money. Yep. They already have. I mean, you think about it, those came out in 1999. How crazy is that? Yeah. The the first gen, the AW, no, AM1? Uh, oh man, mm. messing this up real bad. Doesn't matter. First gens. EP. No, EPs are Civic. EPs the hatch. Uh, EMs the Civic. Too. Regardless, first gen ones, non facelifted, are now twenty years old, which is pretty crazy. So if you've got a clean, low mileage one, um, a lot of people do like them. They do. AP one. AP one. Yeah. So we're close. They do have. Uh, you gotta get used to the way they drive. Yeah, they snap over steer. <laughs> yeah, as I learned really early on. Yeah, uh, and the but I think it's a pretty cool car. Not like, a cool car. There was an article on Jalopnik this past week, actually, about the restoration of um, 70s and 80s Japanese cars, and how that's starting to become mainstream, um, which is 90s cars as well. Yeah, um, which is kind of cool because that's where I've been all along. Yeah, um, and it's not new modern though. I feel like an 86 Corolla is a modern car. No. It's, it's post-chrome post bumpers. I'm but thinking still stuff. still pre-OBD. Are you talking like OBD and up? Yeah. So we'll say 95 that, and To up. me, that's new modern because now a late 90s car is 20 years old. So, yeah. uh, you know, that's. Well, with the 25-year import rule, you know, 94 is the year now. Mm-hmm. That car is going to be legal this year. And you're starting to get into some really interesting stuff that we didn't have i think uh you're gonna start seeing evos early wrx's yep early stis early stis uh the some of the earlier montero diesels are starting to come over yeah i kind of have a two-car purchase plan in my distant future and one of them's a um, montero. i think montero's like mine are are starting to come up apparently a lot of people have them now they're starting to get some notoriety i know we always talk about them but yeah, we're not the uh, tastemakers, though. The Speed Hunters having one is, uh, like, used in their photography a lot is huge. Yeah. So So I think that's a car to watch out for. I bet, um, what do you think about MRS, uh, Toyota MRS? I don't think they're ever going to catch on huge. You don't think um, so? I think they've also probably bottomed out value-wise, and they're not going to go any lower. They're like um, five or six grand. I don't, yeah, I don't think they'll get any cheaper. I think the people that want them will always want them. They're kind of awkward looking to a lot of people, and they're kind of an unknown. 
What about... Um, I think most people will just buy the Miata instead. What about that era Celica? Think that car will ever be of value to someone? Only the top-of-the-line ones. The GTS with a, a 2ZZ four-cylinder there. Because they're... Like they're 9,000 like, RPM one, whatever it is, 8,000 RPM. They're real funky looking, right? A clean, simple one without the TRD body kit is not real funky looking. I think it's aged well. Some of the lines they kind of recycled on the FRS. Yeah, a few of them. That hood crease. Mm-hmm. I think that the the GTS, I think, is the good one. Um, actually, another car we were just talking about the other day, the RSX. Yes. RSXs have fallen off the, place of the face of the planet, and they're going to start coming back as clean ones are going to be kept clean now. Yeah, as like the early Integras with the double wishbone are starting to disappear and get more rare. Yeah. Yeah, I think people move into RSXs, even though they don't like the strut suspension. But there's enough aftermarket support out there yeah. to make them handle pretty well. Actually, we're talking about Breadbox SIs. Yes, they're in the same boat, I think, as the RSX. It's a car that came out for a long time. They've been used and abused and taken apart to put their engines into older chassis Civics. Yeah. Um, but I think that I think clean ones now are going to start to turn around, and I think that's probably... That's probably a good car to get into now if you're looking for a, a, a neo-classic, as they call it. All right, so if we go away from, let's give some other options that aren't just uh, Japanese. I'd say... That's what we know, though. <laughs> I know, but the first gen of the redesigned Mustangs. Like an 05 Mustang? Yeah. Yeah. A nice one. That's those are cheap, cheap now, too. Yeah, those are a, a very potent car. You know, they're not really... They can be a potent car. They're not factory potent car. They're pretty good from the factory. From the era, they were quick. If you spend some time on the suspension and do some, you know, minor intake and exhaust work, you've got a pretty quick car with uh, it makes a lot of right noises. Yeah, and you can buy one of those probably about four grand. Yeah, right now too. I'd rather have that. And actually, you know, they're five years older than the Camaros, which I think they're much better than the first gen. The, well, the fifth gen Camaro. Yeah, the, the early redesigned retro Camaro was not a very good car. I don't think. Mm-mm. Yeah, I'd much rather go with the Mustang of that era. So yeah, that's a that's a good car. I forget about that car. Yeah, and the one we were talking about the other day, actually, because we're I'm moving to Phoenix. Oh, you mentioned RX8. Yeah, they're not. I wouldn't call them reliable, but they're at the point now where the ones that are left are nice mm-hmm. and worth saving. They're pretty funky. But we were talking the other day about me and having a daily driver in um, Arizona when I live out there, because um, I won't need you know four wheel drive, all wheel drive, front wheel drive, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, an early G thirty five sedan with a six speed, yep, is a is a car that's worth holding on to. I think mm-hmm. we're still in Japanese though, even though we said we we're going to get out of it. <laughs> well, I don't think I can't think of much of else of American of that mid two thousand GTO. Oh, a GTO three oh four GTOs, which. Are not loved by everyone, but we like odd stuff. Yeah. I would definitely go with a GTO. Here's my argument about the GTO from day one. Yeah. Everybody said it wasn't special enough. They said it looked too much like a regular Pontiac. What was it going to look like? But my whole argument with that was in 1964, the GTO was a Le Mans with a big engine. That's right. It just looked like every other Pontiac, which is exactly the same thing this was. It was just a lesser model car. With an LS1, LS2, depending on the year. It was a... Everybody wanted a retro car, because that's what, what was coming out. It was trendy then. And this that's car what, wasn't retro. No, it wasn't retro enough. 
thankfully. If they had made it look like a 70 GTO, right, like Chrysler did. With, yeah, with the Challenger. Which those cars Challenger. have been, that platform is now 10 years old. Yep. Which is crazy. In GTOs, I like the first year cars, the O3s. I know, single exhaust? I know they're only LS1. They're not the LS2, so they make a little less power. But that's they're not that much, that's not how it affects. But they're a cleaner, simpler design. They don't have the hood scoops, and they have the single side dual exhaust. So it's two pipes out one side, very European looking. Um, I've liked that car better than the next year with the hood scoops and the I dual exhaust. Here it's difficult to get crash parts for them. Just don't crash it in your fleet. Yeah, but can't get crash parts for a seven K yeah. Colt either. But I still drive one. I think that's a good that's a good answer. Yeah, I think our main answers would be RSX Breadbox SI. GTO and Mustang. Yep. Those are probably the four I'd break it down to. Yeah. That was a good question, though. Very good. All right. Somehow Mike Samkin's question got posted twice. We'll skip past well, that. Well, if you go to the top of the feed on Instagram, I don't know if it came up in yours. I've got one from charade underscore life. I do, too. You're given the opportunity of a lifetime to take a road trip in any country you desire with the car of your choice. What country do you go to? What car do you drive? Also, what do you guys go together... Also, oh, do you guys go together? Do you guys go together trip? on this epic road trip? Ooh, good question. Um, Japan, Mitsubishi Galant GTO. That's yours? GSR. Okay. Like 1973. All right. 74. I think that would be epic. And sure, you can come with me. Yeah, that'd be a good trip. I mean, I can't really think of much else. Like, Japan has such a cool car culture. And cool windy mountain passes. Other than like, I guess, I would count, I'm going to cheat on this question. I will count the European mainland as like one, yeah, all fine. the countries I as one thing that you can road trip through. So we'll call it, we'll call it the European Union. Okay. <laughs> so I would probably take like a, yeah, I would take like a, a 911. What era? Uh, probably early seventies. Yeah, yeah. An air-cooled nine eleven, and drive it through France, Germany, ending in the Swiss Alps. Yeah, up yeah. through Italy, northern Italy. Oh. That'd pretty. That that would be pretty epic. That's probably a more epic road trip than a Galant GTO through Japan. But I'm down with either. I don't know. I you, wouldn't regret either of them. You could drive the entire continent, the entire continent, the entire country of Japan, the island. Yeah. In, that'd be pretty crazy, too. Mm-hmm. All right. And that'd be a sweet car to do it in. Um, side note. Yeah. Um, if you haven't watched the feature-length film from Mighty Car Mods, which I know you haven't yet and you should, uh, called Turbos Two Temples, um, they're kind of, it's kind of like that. Uh, the two guys are very close friends. If you're not if you're not familiar with Mighty Car Mods, um, so their camaraderie and they're talking back and forth is great the whole time. But basically, they went to Japan and bought a car sight unseen, and they road tripped most of the country while doing traditional Japanese things along the way. It was really neat. So highly recommended YouTube viewing. There's two hour and a half long episodes. Cool. Yeah, watch it. It's All right. Great. Final Instagram question. Rock shots, uh, quote unquote, driving shoes, worth it for autocross and spirited driving or fanboy wear. I'm not going to call Andrew out. 
I was going to cop to it. I decided already. Uh, I definitely had Pilates at one point. Yeah. And I would use them to autocross. Um, yeah, it was uh, hindsight. It's kind of lame. Mm-hmm. Here's what I think about driving shoes. Um, if driving shoes are what you're most comfortable in while driving your car, go for it. Um, I think that you should wear whatever you're most comfortable in driving your car. Obviously, you don't want to wear clunky work boots to no. enthusiastically no. drive a vehicle. But if you're comfortable wearing a pair of Vans or my chosen driving shoe is Converse All-Stars, yeah. then I think basically anything that's a small, thin-soled, lightweight sneaker is probably best. I like low-profile Sauconies. Yes. Like their retro stuff is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you show up to a Cars and Coffee in your new Ferrari and you're wearing your Ferrari-branded Pumas and your Ferrari-branded Polo and your Ferrari-branded hat, and maybe they make pants. Or better yet, you show up to Cars and Coffee in your Red 3000 GT and your Ferrari-branded Polo and your Ferrari-branded shoes. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get roasted. But, oh, 100%. <laughs> um, yeah, Brad's right. Just wear whatever you're comfortable driving in. Yeah. Uh, Unless you're doing an actual track event where there's some kind of fire safety requirement. That's where driving shoes come into play, I think. Yes. But, I mean, Andrew makes fun of me all the time because I have a lot of Mitsubishi branded clothing. You do. Um, And he says that, you know, if I wasn't into Mitsubishis and I was into Ferraris, I'd be that guy. Yeah. But You would be. I probably wouldn't be because I feel like it's different. I feel like being with a Ferrari. Yeah, well, if, if you're wearing Ferrari gear and Ferraris, it's like... Look at me, I'm into Ferraris because I'm into Ferraris. Whereas if you wear Mitsubishi gear, people are like, this guy's a little fucking off. All your so, Porsche design gear and your... Right, which I don't have any drive your, what is it, 991 now? You can show up in your I just get excited when I, find, I just get excited when I find Mitsubishi branded clothing because it doesn't exist as much as other brand, other car stuff. It, it already it broke down and has been junked. That's yes, why it's hard to find. It is. <laughs> Anyway, those are the Instagram questions. Thank you for all of your Instagram questions. All right. Why don't you start us off with uh, Facebook? Ah. So we'll start off with, how we start off with your page? All right. So we've got our buddy Brian Driggs has a couple questions, so we'll try to get through all of them. Well, let's say who Brian Driggs is first. He is from the... um, He was a guest. Yep, he was a guest. And he's from the Gearbox... The Gearhead Project. Sorry, the Gear... It used to be Gearbox. I, I apologize, Brian. I went way too far back. Yeah, uh, the Gearhead Project podcast. Yeah, it's great. which is worth a listen. And he has a lot of inspirational guests on there. I would say people who have made something of themselves in the world of automotive. Um, in the automotive world, sorry, it'll phrase my words like a Trump there. I don't know why we're having trouble speaking tonight. We haven't even gotten through. We're halfway through, halfway through our first glass of beer. Yeah, and it's not even a strong beer. No. It's a nitro chocolate stout from Breckenridge. But uh, uh, so Brian asks, so he says, are all the cars up there rusted to shit? I mean, some of the pictures you guys shared. Why or how come people up there don't take up pitchforks and demand the use of non-corrosive stuff? The state surely taxes you every year, True. while also systematically dissolving your property. Right? Arizona gearhead inserting. I can't even mem here. I can't even. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. Yes, the answer is yes. Any car that's not been treated to some sort of anti-corrosive film is junk after five years. Basically, it's rare to see any car older than 10 years old 
on a regular basis. Yep. They, they do exist. There's 15- and 20-year-old cars. This goes right back to my whole comment about lemons when I don't like seeing cars cut up into lemons cars that still exist around here because they shouldn't exist around here. Yeah. And I was thinking about this actually on the way home. It, like, how in Massachusetts, that is such an environmentally friendly state, are we still using salt. dumping all this rock salt? Because yeah. it is very it, – it does wreck cars. Yep. Cars aren't great for the environment. Right. Buying new cars isn't either, though. No, it's not. Um, but dumping a ton of salt that washes into rivers and streams and lakes doesn't seem very safe either. It's not, and it's changed the ecosystem drastically around here. So, also, it's not good for infrastructure. It eats pavement. It eats the metal on bridges. It just so it ruins everything. If we use concrete for anything around here, it will leach into the concrete. It corrodes the rebar inside of the concrete. Your streets and then, rust, and then breaks yeah. the concrete open. So, yeah. there's actually. Parking garages in here that are so unsafe they had to close them because pieces were falling on people's cars. Yep. So, yeah. It's gross. It's yeah. awful. It's terrible. I don't know why. Yeah. Don't don't get me started on Big Salt. We also had an hour-long episode about Big Salt. You can go back and find that. <laughs> yeah. It included one of our best lines of all time, which you'll have to listen to the episode to hear it. All right, so Brian also says, how does the inspection shit work? <laughs> What's checked? Yep. You mentioned bits and pieces here and there, but do you have much to prepare? Does it keep dangerous vehicles off the road? Not really. It doesn't keep them off the road. Nope. Um, it's gotten a bit stricter. Here's here's basically a quick rundown of how your inspection works on a even-yeared vehicle in an even year. Roll into the inspection stop. They jack up each corner. And shake your wheel. Front. They don't do the rear. Correct. Just the front. So they jack up the two front corners, and they shake the wheel. They put it down on the ground. They check all your lights. They check your horn. And they plug it into the OBD scanner. And they make sure your wipers work. Yeah. And that you have a front and rear plate mounted. And that your window tint is not too dark. Correct. And if you have a rear wiper, it, it has, has to, to function. And if you have auxiliary lighting, even if you've added it yourself, it has to function. Now, once all of these things have passed, that's when they plug it into the OBD scanner. Also, they check the exterior of the vehicle on the top side for any kind of rust rust through. Like jagged metal sticking out. Yep, or jagged metal sticking through or rust through any corrosive holes. Yeah. Um, plug it in. If it passes emissions, which isn't even a tailpipe test anymore. No, it hasn't been for 10 years, 15 years. All they do is plug it in the machine, and as long as you don't have a check engine light, you're probably good. So we have rolling 15-year rules, so anything older than 15 years does not need to pass emissions. It's just purely safety. As we discussed in the last question, there isn't that much in the road that's 15 years old here anyway. That's why. They also do check your seatbelts, make sure all those exist. I don't think I've ever had that done. No, they look in there. They're supposed to check them. They look at them. They don't pull on them. No, they just make sure they're, they're present. Yeah. So here's what they don't check. The undercarriage of the vehicle. Yep. They don't check the suspension or suspension mounting points. Nope. They don't check the functionality of the seatbelts. Nope. They don't check literally anything else. They do. They are supposed to check tire tread depth. But they don't check age. Nope. So you could roll in there on in your 1972 Chevelle with 1972. Because it only has 10,000 miles on it. Yeah. Tires. And they'll be like, that's cool. Hit our highways, man. So. Yeah. And we do end up with a lot of cars. Not as much out in Phoenix, I've heard, because Phoenix people just run their tires till they're bald. Yeah, they run, run them till they pop. Um, here we do end up with a lot of people that have very, very, very thin tires. 
and then you get that first snowstorm, yep. and they're just off the road and wrecked. So yep. another reason there's not 15 year old cars around. Yeah, because they all if they don't rust, they get wrecked. Yeah. So yeah, that's how the inspection shit works. It's kind of arbitrary. It doesn't really keep dangerous cars on the road. I mean, oh, and your exhaust can't be too loud, but there's no way to measure it. That's right, too. It's done by the discretion of the inspector. There's no official decibel level. Yeah. Um, they do also check for there's um, math involved for lifted four by four trucks. Yeah. And then it's only you're allowed to lower a car two inches. Yeah. That's how it works. And then like. Tech- but, but they don't have a da- like they don't have like a database of no the stock height, ride heights. the height of every vehicle, so it's kind of also arbitrary. Yeah, and like exhaust, so like a Galant VR4, the stock exhaust system cannot be purchased anymore. Correct. Technically, my car cannot pass inspection because the exhaust is not stock. Right. You need to have factory OEM components only. Yeah. In order to pass pass inspection here. Yeah. Which they let slide usually because they understand that they don't exist. As long like as you roll car- in there with a straight pipe, it'd be a different. Story. Yeah, if your yeah, if your car's reasonably quiet, most places don't care about that. Right. They just make sure now because like the big thing last year they passed this thing where they had to take pictures of the plates, but it's like the lamest thing. It's not even like a digital upload. It's literally a film camera. Some places do that. Yeah, but place I get my inspection sticker. They do four corner shots, a picture of the mileage, and a picture of the license plate. Then they send them to the CVS, and they print them out, and they mail them into the state. That's what they... That's actually... That was the biggest thing. The biggest problem was that people were doing shady inspections and not entering the mileage correctly or not pulling the actual vehicle into the bay. So that's why the pictures happened. So I do appreciate that, because there were cars that did not deserve to be on the road being on the road. So the other thing, too... The um, with the camera system, people thought that like every inspection bay in the state of Massachusetts was under twenty-four hour surveillance. surveillance. Yeah. So I'm like, no. Do you think this state has enough money to sit someone in some control room somewhere yeah, to watch all like seven thousand inspection stations? Yeah. Probably, probably more than that. No, it's it's silly. It's kind of annoying, but whatever. We make our cars get through it. Twenty-nine dollars once a year, and that's the thing car. that kills me is that like cars that we own are in better shape. Thing. And we still fail for things sometimes. Yeah. So what I mentioned at the beginning of that, I said, this is how inspection works on your even year with an even-yeared car. That's because you only do the emissions inspection Every other. for the first 15 years based on even and odd years. So if your car is 2010 and it's 2019, you won't have an emissions test. But in 2020, you will. Actually, if you're the original owner for like a while, the first couple of years, they, didn't do it at they all. don't even do it at all. Yeah. So the cool thing is, though... Now they fixed the check engine light on the Subaru last year. It's no longer it's now exempt. <laughs> it's yeah. now yeah, exempt. We talked about that last week, I think, actually. All right, uh, Brian has another question, yep. which we're going to let Brian slide and ask four questions because why not? We like Brian. He's a cool dude. Yeah. All right, here's a good one. You can only keep one of your current vehicles. Which one and why? P.S. Let's assume it's drivable, but otherwise as is. Oh, all right. Well, I guess I would keep... The Galant VR4. Because it's the most usable most and most around. fun. Yep. Easy question for me. Yep. Mine's a little more difficult. All right. Uh, are we assuming I live in Massachusetts? Yes. That I'm going to have to keep the Raider. Okay. Because I need something that is less susceptible to salt and being ruined in the wintertime. Um, otherwise, I'd just keep my Camaro, probably. Mm-hmm. 
because it's my Camaro. All right. And Brian's final question, I'd like to hear your thoughts on build threads and maybe where we should be doing them these days. Thanks for keeping me company on your on the commute, gentlemen. You're welcome, Brian. Yeah, you're welcome, Brian. Sorry, it's us. <laughs> um, there's been a few people that have tried to bring back the forum. And, I, w- I wish it would come back. Well, here's the thing, is that I've been involved with both of them, and even I forget to post. I do, too. And I don't help grow the forum. The problem is, Facebook is so easy to just do it on your phone, Yeah. and yet it's so bad at car stuff. Um, Facebook car groups are not good. I'm a fan. No, they're not. They're not good. I don't. No. Even the best ones are not good. No, they're not, because they're not curated. They're not easily. They're not easily curated. Or and searchable. People, and people and, just suck. And people want to be trolls for everything. And I don't understand why. And threads just disappear. And it's like yeah, whatever. They are a little more searchable now than they were. But yeah, they still suck. Um, I'm a big fan of just photo documenting everything. Like I have a Flickr page, and on my Flickr page, I have an album for each car. And I just document each thing as I go along. I think we need to go back to blogs. That's one of my goals for 2019. Yeah, we've been talking about it for because like a year, so let's I do it don't year. want Facebook to own my content. I want to own my own content I hear, on my own website. I hear if you post on your Facebook wall that Facebook does not own this content, that you're good. That's how it works. Yeah, it's legal. It's law. Facebook is not <laughs> the internet. It's part of the internet. Correct. There's this whole other part of the internet that we, but we all used to be on. Remember when you'd go to different websites during the day to browse different things? Yeah, you'd look at people's personal blogs. You go to the uh, Japanese Nostalgic Car blog. Yep. And you'd go to Jalopnik, which I don't even do that much anymore. Nope. I still go to like Speed Hunters because that's worth it because the pictures look yep. good. Yeah. Facebook pictures don't look nice. No, they compressed to compressed so crap. yes i would like to see us return to having blogs separate websites and uh that is something i want to get back to in 2019 so thank you brian for those questions let's give some other people some chances yeah next time you're limited to two <laughs> all right moving on to my facebook wall all right we have another question asker who's a regular all right steve Booten. i'm thinking about selling my pickup i realize it's more than i need currently Replacements would be on the cheap end, a Toyota van, and on the more expensive end, which I kind of want to stay away from, a Lexus LX470. Thoughts, comments, suggestions? Why the Lexus? Why not the Toyota version? They're both the same money. Might as well go for Oh, really? Might as well go for the luxury. Oh, yeah, nicer interior. Yeah. What about... I'm down with the Toyota van. Um, I assume he's talking about the Breadbox, like, 80s Toyota van. Um... I think that a good middle of the road between the Toyota van and the LX would be a late 90s, early 2000s forerunner. Okay. I was going to say inexpensive, but still very usable and practical, Sequoia. Yeah. Yeah, because you get the LX experience and the Land Cruiser experience for half the price. Yep. Yeah. And some of the utility of a Tundra. Yeah. Yeah, those are good choices. All right. That was easy. It was easy. Yeah. By what we say. <laughs> uh, Jordan Jesselowski. General thought, unicorn cars. Merker XR4TIs, Isuzu Impulses, etc. I mean, yes to all. Just yes to them? Yeah. I mean, th- those two specifically. Would you drive an Isuzu Impulse? Rear-wheel drive, turbocharged? Oh, the early ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, all of them. Yeah. Actually, no. The, uh, um, I think in the wrong car. 
Maybe. Is the impulse front wheel drive? I don't remember. I'm not good with the Zuzus. Shoot. I know at least two people are going to yell at me. I like the Xerati. Is that what people call them? XI4TI, yeah. That'd be my uh, jam. Or an SVO. Is that kind of a unicorn car? Okay, so I'm right and wrong. So there is two impulses. There is the rear-wheel drive and the front-wheel drive. All right. The rear-wheel drive one, I like a lot. So... Can't think of anything like another like weird unicorn car. Oh, there's tons of them. Starians are. Are they? Yeah, for sure. I feel like I see a lot, but that's because I travel in those circles. Yeah, yeah. Outside of those circles, you certainly wouldn't. Mm. Um, but yeah, no. An XR4Ti is actually on my my bucket list, or an SVO Mustang, same basic vehicle. Um, early Thunderbird Turbo Coupes are cool. Um. What else is a weird unicorn car? I mean, anything weird is is okay by my book. What's the? I saw uh, a guy yesterday driving a Lada in Lynn. Weird. Yeah, a white Lada. What about the four door Cosworth? Because you can import them now, right? A Ford Sierra. Yes. Yeah, those. I'm done with those. They're huge money though. So it's not the huge cost savings it used to be. <laughs> no. But no, those are really cool. Yeah, the Sierra Cosworth. Um, this this. This list would go on and on and on. I love all the weird little K cars from Japan. Oh, I want an AutoZam so badly. Yeah, an AutoZam AZ1. Yeah. Honda Beat. Um, that little Mitsubishi Dangan that I drove oh, last yeah. year. Like, any of those things are cool. Because I'm convinced the AutoZam go- is the only thing that's, like, worth owning with Gullwing Doors. Doors, yeah. That's not a DeLorean and not an unattainable 300 SL. Well, I mean, what else is there? You just named all three Gullwing Door cars. The Gullwing Eclipse or, or Starion? Those don't exist in real life, though. All right. There were like one or two of them made. All right. Um, anyway, yeah, I'm down with any kind of weird unicorn car. It's kind of what I do. That's why all of my cars are strange. I like to see myself coming and going. Um, as a side note, going back to Steve's question, I'm also getting rid of my truck. So Steve drives the same truck I drive, pretty much. GMC version of it, I think. It's the same truck. Same truck, yeah. All right, next. All right, moving on to our main page, where all the questions are. All right, I got it pulled up here. Heath James, which Montero is best Montero? Ooh, that's going to be divisive here. I don't think so. No? I think second gen, turbo diesel, short wheelbase. Wide body or flares? Doesn't matter. Actually, that's dead wrong. Best Montero is always going to be Pajero Evo. Okay. Plus not. That is. No, it is. It is. I have to agree on it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. But as far as normal, not limited production Monteros go, I would say short wheelbase, turbo diesel, second gen. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty cool. Pajero. That's the way. All right. Next one. Going to read that? TJ. Yep. What's your just finished a huge job sort of tradition? Doesn't necessarily need to be a project. Could just be anything. Especially when the warmer months, shower beer. Okay. Yeah. When you're either covered with there are grease a lot of as- oil. There are a lot of aspects of your life I don't know a lot about, and your showering habits are one of them, and now I'm sad to know that I know more about that now. You've never uh, done a shower beer? Come on. I've definitely done a shower beer. Not a question. I'm not denying that. I'm just... Now upset that I know your showering habits after finishing a project. Now every time I finish a project with you, it'll be like Andrew's in a shower drinking a beer. Yep. God damn it! Time to hit the showers. Um, I would say 
a beer in general is good, unless you're finishing a big car project and you want to go out and drive it. Then you should probably avoid the beer until yeah. after the drive. But that's my tradition. After finishing a big car project, if it's a car that's drivable, yeah, take it for a drive. Enjoy the fruits of your labor. Mm-hmm. Go somewhere and get good dinner and drive it back. And hopefully it doesn't break down. All right. And then Jason Hopkins asks us essentially the same question. No, no, it's a different question. Actually, it's not the same about lemons. Well, he's, lemons rally. He said, would you ever consider doing a lemons rally? We have, actually. Considered it. Yeah, no, we haven't. But yeah, we considered it. I'm more likely to do a lemons rally than I am to do a lemons race. Because it's a lot less That's commitment. up our speed. Yeah. It's a lot less commitment. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely down with that. We thought about doing one a couple years ago. I forget which one it was. I don't think it was the Escape from Moscow rally. It was a different one. But whatever. Yeah, 100%. Um, totally down. Just none of them have, for, unfortunately, unfortunately, none of them have lined up with our schedule. Yeah. And there's always been something else going on those weekends. But yeah, they're definitely in the in the cards. Mm-hmm. All right. Eric Simpson. One of my 2019 goals is getting a fun vintage Japanese coupe or hatchback to tear up country roads and maybe do some beginner autocross rallycross with. It has to be pre-OBD2 so I can skirt emissions and have some kind of... A- and have some kind of aftermarket support so I can have my fun modifying it and, of course, fit my taste for the weird and unusual. What car should I look into? B. <laughs> what disgusting land yacht will I wind up impulse buying instead of the fun vintage Japanese hatchbacks? So, little side note back yeah. story there. Last year, I was talking to Eric about this exact same question, and we were going back and forth about all kinds of cars, just talking to him together. Mm-hmm. And uh, he went out and he bought like a 1977 Ford LTD station wagon. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so he uh, was pretty stoked on it, and I was pretty stoked on it. And then he quickly became unstoked on it and sold it. So you now he's looking to get back into that. Right. Uh, Pre-OBD2. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, there's the ubiquitous answer. Miata. Miata. But he wants a Cooper hatchback. So no. Out of the hard top. Okay. That's the easy answer. You could find a he also decent... Wants, he also wants something um, weird and unusual. Okay, so it's not that. It's Zuzu Impulse. Okay. But he wants aftermarket support. Damn not it. that. <laughs> um, Sixth Gen Mirage? Which is a Sixth Gen? Was is that like our car? I think it is. That was OBD2, though. That car was not... It was OBD1. But it's only one year of that car. Oh, no, no. It was 93, 95. Not. Yep. That's, or... That's different, but there's no aftermarket support, really. No, there isn't. Um, that's the problem. If you go different, there's no aftermarket support. So... RX-7? RX-7 would be good. It's definitely aftermarket second support. Gen. Second gen. and early second gen. Second gen would be sweet. Yeah. Um, rear-wheel drive. You can get a coupe. Mm-hmm. You don't have to get a turbo. No, I'd stay away from the turbo, actually, because mm-hmm. you want simple. Um, even a first gen would be an excellent choice. Yeah, and they're still they're still very affordable, and those are definitely a going to go up in value car. And then if you could find a nice uh, Civic hatchback, oh, like a yeah EF mm-hmm. style, or, even up to an EG or an EG. Yeah, that's pretty pretty cool. Those would be a good car. Hmm. Uh, they're not weird and unusual though. No, anything earlier than that would be you could go with a front wheel drive Celica. Yep. I don't know if there's those are kind of weird and unusual. But the aftermarket support thing comes nope. back into play. 
think RX-7 is the best choice. Yeah, it's not too weird and unusual, but they're old enough now that they you won't see one every day. Nope. Um, I think a first gen is probably more stylish than a second gen, mm-hmm. but a second gen is probably more bang for the buck. Yeah. Because you can buy a second gen, and also a second gen is gonna be is gonna be fuel injected. Yeah. Which is gonna be huge. For, it's more of a normal car. Yeah. As normal as a car with a rotary can be. Yeah. I think RX-7 is the answer. Yep. I mean, there's also 944, 924. Those are a little more pricey now, and they're going up. Our parts are a little more expensive, but there's plenty of aftermarket support. Yeah. Especially a 944. Asterion doesn't have any aftermarket support. Very little. It's coming. It's, it's getting better. People it's, it's, are... Yeah, there's, there's some cottage industry coming back up again. It's coming back around again. Mm-hmm. Um, but suspension parts are still an issue. Um, and they're a little more fragile than an RX-7. All right. As far as... So the out-off-topic choice, RX-7. Yeah. FB, S-A-F-B-F-C. Yeah. Can I interest you in an FC convertible? No. Kidding. All right. I'll let you read this one, what too. What land yet will he wind up buying, though, is the question. Oh. Uh, um, he won't, because we'll beat him mercilessly. So Probably a giant... Nope. Uh, Not going to buy it. Like a late 70s Monte Carlo. But if you have to buy a disgusting land yet, you should buy like a 58 Edsel. That is a disgusting land yet. I love him. Edsel's gross. All right, Santiago Iglesias, your rally schedule. We don't have a rally schedule. <laughs> well, I we did talk about the Team O'Neill Rally Sprint in yeah, early next month. February. Yep. The third, I think. Third or second, yep. Nice third. Um, I thought STPR was in the spring. <laughs> it is not. Already proven. So after that, it probably won't be... There'll probably be some sprints in between this one, I'm sure, and New England Forest Rally. I don't typically go to any other rallies other than STPR, which is used to be in the spring, which I'm kind of bummed about. I'm not going to the Azores this year. Um, I'd have to say I'm going to pencil in STPR in the fall, and we'll see where that goes. So that's my schedule there. There is, I'm sure, um, snowdrift coming up, mm-hmm. but I'm just not into snow, the cold weather, and that's that's the problem. Like I really want to go, but then I'm like, I'm not gonna have a super good time standing out in the cold. I'm like, gonna try to, like uh, I'll I'll enjoy it because it's rally, but I wouldn't enjoy it enjoy it because I'd be so cold. I'm going to try to go to the Prescott Rally this year because hopefully I'll live there by then. Yeah. I won't live in Prescott, but I'll be close enough to go. And hopefully it'll have it. This it's scheduled. They... Yeah, it's scheduled again this year, so hopefully it'll happen. Mm-hmm. I think that's the end of September, the 27th, I think. Sounds it's about typically right. the first weekend in October, last weekend in September. I think it's the weekend after STPR. Okay. So, But should we decide that was the same weekend as JCCS? No, it's not. Good, because I don't remember anymore. All right. I'll make, i got to make a master calendar of all the stuff uh, I want to do. Just make a Google one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce this person. We'll just say Jeff uh, DePies. Where are we at? After Santiago. Sure. DePies, DePies. DePies of Dubai. How much rust have you gotten in your eyes working under cars and yet forget to put on safety glasses time and time again? Asking for a friend. Lots. Every time. Both of us wear glasses, so it's saved us a little bit. Yeah, but I've... you. 
it, they always manage to go around your glasses somehow and get yeah. in your eye. Um, Andrew, Andrew's Mr. Moneybags over here, and he actually bought prescription safety glasses. Well, when you're in your cars every day, it's worth it. Yeah. Uh, and those have saved my eyes a couple times. And actually, the other thing too, like if you hit your face on something, they don't break your your glasses. Don't break. Like I bumped, you've bumped the side of your glasses into something, and mm-hmm. it jams your glasses into your nose. Yeah, that's annoying. It's so jarring. Yeah, it's quite annoying. So. Um, I always keep, I go and buy CVS sells eye wash in nice bottles, mm-hmm. and I keep one of those handy all, handy all the time for flushing stuff out. But luckily, I haven't had anything where I've had to go to the hospital. So that was me knocking on the table for you. That's why I wear safety glasses. All right, <clears throat> Isaac McCormick. Mm-hmm. Given what you've gone through in replacing the cross member on the WRX. How do you feel about saving rusted vehicles that most wouldn't take a second look at? And as a follow-up, how far is too far when reviving those subjected to the rust belts? Mm-hmm. So too far is search back on my personal Facebook page. I think we're friends. And if you're not, feel free to friend, request me, and let me know how you know me. I know you're friends with me, Isaac. I mean other people. Um, look at my post from last week with my Dodge Colt. It was, uh, it's too far gone. Um... Unless it was a car that my grandmother had bought brand new and I wanted to save it for future generations, maybe. But Or if it was like one of ten. Yeah. It's, it's probably one of ten left. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as far as, as that goes, yeah, you got to kind of cut and run. However, I am not a smart man, um, and I have a Starion that's not much better that I have been sitting on for years now that yeah. I was working on and I need to either proverbially shit or get off the pot with that thing and uh, either do it or don't do it. So, so how, how far, far gone is too gone? Yeah. I think structural safety frame rust is probably too much unless you can just put a replacement frame in without too much effort. It depends on what your budget is. I mean, what's your time worth? Right. How much money do you want to spend? Yep. What's their, what are you going to get out of this car in what's the end, end of it? Goal? You know, if you wanted to teach yourself metalworking and restore a whole car from the ground up that was too rusty, and you've got the time and you want to spend some money on it. And you want to learn. You want to learn. That's up to you. I think Isaac is referring to his own personal vehicle. Which one's that? He has the Lexus uh, LX um, SUV. Is it really rusty? Um, I think his frame is pretty rusty. It's pretty typical in Toyota vehicles. Yep. Um, And I know I've seen some posts of his lately kind of going back and forth of whether he should spend money in modifying the vehicle or just cut and run. Um, I'm going to use this moment to as a teaching moment for Isaac because he's also a young kid. Yeah. Um, I would not put any money into that vehicle modification-wise. It's a very capable off-road vehicle for everything you're going to do with it. Use it as is. Maintain what's there. Spray some fluid film on it. Spray some fluid film on it. And Clean up scaly rust. Uh, unless there's cracks in the frame, then get rid of it because yeah. I don't want to see a story about your car breaking in half at 90 miles an hour. Um, yeah, don't spend a lot of money on it. Drive it for now. Just drive it. Anything that you buy for it that's a quote-unquote modification, make it something that can be moved on to another one in the future. Wheels. Yep. I wouldn't put big money into suspension um, because for what you're going to use it for, you don't really need it. Um yeah, that's just 
speaking from experience, don't throw good money at bad things. Mm-hmm. So that's a life lessons from solid advice. Life lessons from uh, advancing aged um, gearheads. The WRX was like barely like I was really on the edge. It took a lot of convincing to get you to fix it. It's basically I didn't spend a lot of money on the car. I didn't want to spend too much money fixing it, mm-hmm. which I didn't. But then I also didn't want to find another car to drive. Correct. And spend money on buying a car. Correct. So that made it. And while worth that it. car was not grandma's car that you're trying to save the family, we had a little bit of history with that car where it was bought by a close friend of ours, brand new. And that kind of played into it a little bit, I think. A little yeah. bit. Just it, because. Yeah. So. Cars are people too. <laughs> All right. James McIntosh. Uh,. What modern conveniences do you think are worthwhile and what are pointless? Like lane departure warning, heated steering wheels, reverse cameras, etc. All of those are pointless. Every uh, single one. I of those. love heated steering wheels. Heated steering wheels are nice, but they're not necessary. They aren't necessary. Yeah. The only thing that's 100% necessary now, like the only thing I absolutely want in every vehicle I own, Bluetooth. Bluetooth. <laughs> yeah. Bluetooth is literally the greatest mm-hmm. thing ever. I have Bluetooth in every vehicle I own. I remember when it came out. And most of them didn't have stereos. And we were I like, have earbuds. <laughs> like, I was working at the Infinity Dealer, and it was like, what the hell is Bluetooth? It's like, a stupid name. It is not a stupid name. Actually, it comes from. No, I know the whole history of the name, oh. but ultimately, it's a stupid name. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was invented by Ericsson, the telephone company. Yeah. It was named for a king, a uh, Viking king. Bluetooth? King Bluetooth. Bluetooth. Yeah. Anyway. It's still a stupid name, regardless of what the history of the name is. I don't know. It's kind of I, I like it, but I like Whatever. blue. So, uh, it's like Blu-ray was a dumb name too. <laughs> Why HD DVD didn't win out? Who knows? Uh, yeah, so lane departure is really dumb. Uh, lane assist is really weird. It's even more annoying than lane departure. It when you don't realize it's on or the car has it, it makes the car feel like it's broken. Yes. There's a couple things that do that. Um, I don't know if you've driven a modern Chrysler product. No. They have braking assist in reverse. Um, the newest thing I've driven was that 2016 Ram, and it didn't have that. It may have had it, but it never came into play. Okay. So it almost scared me, scared the shit out of me in a Jeep, because I was backing it up, and I was parallel parking... And there was a breeze, and there was like a blowing bush, like waving like a in tumbleweed? the wind. Like no, it was it was attached to the ground, but it was like wait, like the branches and stuff were like you know blowing in the breeze. And as I was backing up, one of the branches must have gone behind one of the sensors, and it full force locked the brakes up on me. I thought somebody was running behind the vehicle. I thought I thought I crashed into something. I had no idea what happened. Because it was immediate, and everything, it wasn't my vehicle, it was a customer vehicle, and everything inside the car moved around. So it sounded like I hit something. Hmm. And I'd get out of the car, walk around, what what was that? That didn't make any sense. And I went forward and backed up again and did it again. This doesn't make it, how can I can't can't back this up? I thought something was broken. Hmm. But it turned out it was braking assist. So that was stupid. Um, The one modern convenience that I'm appreciative that exists is the blind spot monitoring systems. I don't like them in my own cars, but I appreciate that they're there for people who are passing on the highway. Yeah, because you drive a bunch of small cars and or motorcycles. Yep. And people miss stuff a lot. Yep. Um, I'm very 
cautious when passing people on the highway um, to make sure that I'm in their blind spot for a very short period of time because of my vehicle. And when I'm in somebody's blind spot, I tend to either be ready to hit the gas or ready to hit the brake at a moment's notice. In my cars, generally that means brake because they're not very fast to accelerate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I, I like the fact that they have this little yellow triangle on their mirrors now and they know, hey, dummy, don't turn. Somebody's there. You know what I kind of like, but it's kind of like you don't really need it? Stephanie's Crosstrek tells you what gear you're in with a manual transmission. That's just kind of like a rally life thing. It's like it's like wannabe rally car. Like, ah, like, I never like, thought of it that way. Yeah, that's why you like it. It was more, a video game. No, it was more like sometimes I'm driving and I'm like, what gear am I in? Especially that car because it's a six-speed. Mm-hmm. Everything else I have is a five-speed. So I'll be driving it and she'll be riding and she's like, you going to go into the other gear? I'm like, oh, yeah. Because <laughs> well, it's like a double overdrive in that car. I, I do like that, but I the reason I like it is because it reminds me of, you know, sequential gearbox in a rally car. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't think of that. But, yeah, all right, I see that. All right, next question. Andrew McDonough. Any plans to participate in racing events this year? Participate? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe some autocrosses. I'd like to do an autocross. Yeah. I'd like to do a rallycross. We have an open invite to run autocross, rallycross in our friend's car. Yeah. Which so I need to do. Autocross, rallycross, probably most likely. Oh, TSDs for sure. TSDs. Um, anything more than that right now? Probably not. Other than crewing for people. Yeah. It's out of budget. Yeah. Um, so. Actually, I have a lot of fun crewing for people. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be crewing February 3rd at the Team O'Neill yeah. Make Winter Fun Again Rally Sprint. Yeah. Which is the name they went with. It's okay. It's satire. Yeah, I know. It's good. Ryan Reedsma. I binged several episodes on my trip east again. Great work as usual. Keep it going. What is your biggest 2019 car goal for both of you? What's Ooh. the biggest? We talked about car goals and um, car resolutions last week, but what's your biggest goal for the year? Ooh. Uh, I guess, like, I don't know. Uh like to get the intercooler in the talon and um, just use it more. Okay. Go for drives. So suspension probably too. Yeah. So finish the talon. Suspension and intercooler. Yeah. That's pretty much it. I don't want to take on, I don't want to buy any more project cars this year. Unless something like really ridiculous comes up. Mm -hmm. I have no plans to buy anything. I just want to work on what I own. Um, That's about it. Use the Montero off-road more. Yep. That's a good one. Maintain the WRX as is. Oh, that's a good one. I don't want to rehash what we went over last week. Yeah. I, uh, I'd i like to end the year with something rear-wheel drive and more than 75 horsepower. All right. I think that's my goal. I mean, and not kind of the Camaro. I was going to say, Camaro SS. The Camaro has that. I mean, something that's like light and nimble and faster than my Colt. Or actually, you know what ultimate 2019 goal is? Is to modern you engine in the Colt. You want a 4G swapped Colt. Yeah. It's 4G or um, G54B? No. No? I want naturally aspirated engine for that car, I think. So what else would it be? I would still be a 4G if it's not a 6.3, like a 4G 9.3. Okay. Yeah. So That'd be single, pretty cool. Single overhead cam style. Right. Easier and simpler. All right, cool. All right, uh, Chris Rollison. What is next coloring contest? I'm gonna find another coloring book. There's not another coloring contest. Nope. Um, we will have a couple of small contests this year to give away some stuff we have, but we have to yeah. come up with them. 
Yeah. So we'll, get, we'll get back to you on that. Yes. And also, we still need to give prizes out to people who won things in the past because we slack terribly. Um, James McIntosh. Wait a second. It's question number two. What it slide. Seems like the Saab 9000 doesn't get the love it deserves. What gives? Is this your Saab 9000? That's my question. Or just Saab 9000s in general? Is he referring to my car? Does he know I have a Saab 9000? <laughs> or is he referring to Saab 9000s in general? Um, my Saab 9000 doesn't get the love it that love it deserves um, for a few reasons. Some are personal um, because of why I have the car. <laughs> and some are because it's an automatic. Yeah. Um, that's I, the main problem with the car. If you're talking about the cars in general, I think... Uh, the same you could get a Saab 900 at the same time, right? Yeah, that had classic Saab lines, Saab quirkiness, Saab quirkiness. Yeah, where Saab 9000 is like a their take on a modern car. Yeah, and it looks like a modern car. It still looks like a modern car, roughly. Saab 9000. Do you know what Saab 9000 came out? 96, right? 86. 86. Yeah, they are a very old car. They were available through a lot of the 900 run. Whoa! But they don't look like 86s. No. Uh, my particular Saab 9000 97, is a 97. Right? Um, what was the last year? 97. Okay. And mine is a CSE Turbo, mm-hmm. which is the one level below the ultimate um, Turbo Aero. Um, it has all the same stuff, same power. It just doesn't have the deep dish wheels. Okay. Um, and mine has the Bose stereo. It has the Elmo leather. It has all the sunroof. It's the burgundy metallic red. It's a super nice car. It's in really good shape considering what it is. Um, and it's really quick, but it's an automatic. I bet in Saab circles, they probably get some love. I'm sure. I don't But again, I just feel like... So I took it to Swedish Car Day. The 900 is just like so classic. Well, the Saab 9000 was the first Saab not to have the... Well, it wasn't the first, but it was... Didn't have it in didn't the have console. The, the key in the center console, the yeah. key in the dashboard. Yeah. Um, but I did take the car to Swedish Car Day when I first got it, and cleaned it up, buffed it up, and everything looked, you know, brand new on the car. And it got a ton of love there. People really liked the car. We had offers to buy it at Swedish Car Day. Well, it was probably an innovative car for Saab to come out with at the time because the 900 was ancient. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's a super it's been a super reliable car. Yeah, it's a decent gas mileage. It's super practical because when the back seats fold down and it has that huge hatch, I mean the thing's a station wagon pretty much. It's mm-hmm. huge inside. Yeah. Um, it's it's a real it it doesn't get to love it get deserves because I have other cars. That's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. It was talking about mine and talking about other people. You've described it. It's not sob enough. Yeah. The same reason that. Saab failed when they started, you know, rebodying Malibu's. It just wasn't the same. Exactly. All right. Next question. Jeremy Nutt. What do you think about cruise nights? And B, do you think changing the music at cruise nights without doing anything else could attract a younger crowd? So I think that's where it's going to go. Um, I've been going to cruise nights since I could walk or probably before. Mm-hmm. My dad pretty much ran the North Shore Cruise Nights mm-hmm. until very recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was always there. Cruise Nights when I was a kid. They've been 50s music since the 80s. Yeah. 
but it's now gotten into more classic rock. I think the last couple of times I've been there a little bit. Um, that's also due to the fact that the DJ is thirty-seven. Yeah. So he helps out a little bit at our, at our local show, anyway. A good friend of mine, Jimmy, um, Jimmy Stacker Records. If you're looking for a doo-wop DJ, um, he's a young man who yep. is into fifties and sixties music, but he's into the more minutia, different, not top forty. 50s and 60s music. There's some cool stuff that was... Which helps, because there was a lot of really cool, like, bluesy stuff in that mm-hmm. era, um, which wasn't the doo-wop stuff. Um, I I am hit or miss with cruise nights. I used to like to go every week and There's basically the one people. every night yeah. of the week in the summertime. I still would really like to go to the big one that's in Foxborough. I didn't make it to it last summer. Yep. Well, the I problem hear... is you have to be there at, like, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and it's an hour away. I hear Thursday. I hear that's a really good one. Um, it's got a ton of like really good mix of cars. Yep, it's basically an afternoon cars and coffee type thing. So positives about cruise nights, they keep people interested in cars. Mm-hmm. They're every night in the spring, summer, and fall. Mm-hmm. They're accessible. They're generally free. Mm-hmm. Um, negatives about cruise nights, a lot of the ones around here are a little elitist, and if you roll up in your '80s car. You might get people will say things to you like "Why are you here?" I've had that happen multiple times. Yeah, um, it's kind of annoying. Or if you show up in a foreign car, what are you doing here in that foreign crap can? I've heard that a few times. Um, I try to ignore that, just go yeah. anyway. But ultimately, personally, this has nothing to do with the show at all. I have started instead of going to a cruise night, just go for a drive. Somewhere, yeah, a windy road, somewhere up by the ocean. I'd rather do that because I feel I enjoy the cars and coffees more because they're a quicker, easier in the morning thing. Whereas to go to a cruise night, you're fighting rush hour traffic and then you're dealing with angry people that you brought. How dare you bring a Dodge Colt to a car show where you took the spot away from a 57 Chevy, even though there's 150 open spots? Um, and you're listening to doo-wop music. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's... Eating crappy pizza. Yeah, they're okay. I, I'm just more into, like, you know, if you get home in time, then you have time to go, but... Yeah. That's, that's what just makes it easier for... It. That's what makes Cars and Coffee so much easier. I'm already home on the weekend. Yeah. I can get up early. I can do that. I can come home. And it's a nice night. I, I, I enjoy my cars for the aspect of driving my cars. So if I have my druthers, am I going to go drive a mile and a half across town to park in a parking lot with the same people every week? Or am I going to get in my car and go explore somewhere? Yes, I'll go see those same people every week sometimes because they're my friends and I want to talk to them. But I also enjoy driving my car. And it's nothing's more relaxing to me than getting out of work and going on a nice windy road somewhere in an old car or a motorcycle. Yeah. All right. So I think the thing to attract a younger crowd would just be Tell the old men to stop being so grumpy about your newer cars. And not, and they're fine with Challengers, Chargers, Mustangs, and Camaros and Corvettes. Just please be fine with my 84 Starion. You know, like, come on. Just appreciate cars. Right. I don't know. I mean, but I'm not fine with a new Challenger, Charger, Mustang, or Camaro, but whatever. But they're there, they're there. Yeah, I don't know. Some of them aren't, aren't even that much older than you, and they don't want. <laughs> That's true. So I keep forgetting that I'm like nearing forty years old, yeah. Andrew. It's not. 
It's only a couple years left. It's I not, mean, I didn't make you say it. It's not good. But <laughs> I mean, hey, it's it's a fact of life. All right. I'm aging rapidly. Let's get to the last question here because we're getting a little long. Paul Huerta, what would you daily drive if you didn't live in the rust pit of mass? I fantasize about non-rotting. I fantasize about non-rotting W210 E55 Mercedes. Good choice. Bug Eye WRX Wagons, and a plethora of other rust-prone gems. So we kind of touched on this a little bit a little while ago when I was we were talking about me getting like a early G35 six-speed sedan. This I don't think really rotted away. No. If if there was no rust here, we drive way older cars all the time. Yeah, 100%. Um, one of my plans when I moved to the West Coast is to have a daily-driven like 50s style lead sled. When I first moved there, I'm probably going to have a daily driven Dodge Colt because that's just what I own. Mm-hmm. So, no, I mean, it, it. I mean, with modern technology, um, not even that modern, you can buy a decent old car, mm-hmm. upgrade it to electronic ignition. Mm-hmm. Um, they make bolt on fuel injection now. That goes in place of a carburetor. Like, literally looks like a carburetor, but it's fuel injection. And a vintage air air conditioner. Yeah. And be into the car for six grand and have a reliable daily cruiser. Yeah. I mean, that's really the ultimate what you want. You just want something that you get in. It's fuel injected. It's turnkey, electronic conditioning, air conditioning. And thanks to, you know, Edelbrock, Holly, and yeah. <laughs> uh, Petronics and vintage air, I can do that fairly inexpensively. I'd probably daily a very old Volvo. Yeah. That'd be a cool car. Um, A little secret what I've really been looking at in the uh, Phoenix Craigslist is 70 to 75 dusters and darts. Ooh. Yeah. Well, you know how you are. Mopar or no car. Oh, man. They're cheap out there. Yeah. Then you can fit right in one of those cruise nights. Trade in your Colt for a Dodge Duster. No, I'll keep my Colt, too. This guy's trading up. No, I'm keeping the Colt, too. You went from being able to afford a Colt to being afford a Duster. I did get one more question. I'm just trying to live my best Alpine all right? <laughs> Let me go. Uh, on my page here, we have one more updated question from Jeremy Medore. Actually, sorry, it's just a quick feedback to you. Yeah. And thank you for guiding me with my sports car purchase this past summer. The 06 Pontiac Solstice that I picked up has been an absolute blast to drive. And based on many of the, many of the owners I've chatted with... Whoa. And based on the many other owners that I've chatted with, I anticipate it being as easy of, as a car to care for as you suggested it was. So, you're welcome, Jeremy. This summer, he's looking, he's looking to treat himself to an inexpensive sports car that wasn't a Miata. That's a new classic, Yep, actually. He was looking at RX-8s, and he was looking at so, uh, 350Z convertibles. Um, and I said, why don't you look at a Pontiac Solstice? Be a Solstice or a Red... Saturn Sky. Saturn Sky? Yep. Red Line? Red Line is the turbocharged one. Okay. Just like the um, Solstice had a... There was something it was called. EXP? EXP? GXP? GXP. GXP was the supercharged one. He's got a base model. Didn't pay a lot of money for it. It was 30-something thousand miles. I mean, it's kind of a baby Corvette. It kind of reminds me of... It's an Opal. It's an Opal, so it's kind of like the Opal GT in the 70s. It's like the modern version of an Opal GT. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of flies under the radar. A lot of people don't know what it weird. is. a little little quirky. It's a little quirky. Um, it's not a bad-looking car. No. Um, and it's all GM underpinning, and it's just a reliable, simple sports car. So 
that's another probably going to appreciate a little bit classic. Yeah, new, probably uses all off-the-shelf GM parts. Everything is, again, except for body panels, everything yeah. is just off-the-shelf GM. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I still look forward to uh, taking that for a drive, Jeremy. So, All right, cool. At some point. All right. Well, thanks for the questions, everyone. That's our first show of 2019. Yeah. We hope to be back for the next the rest of 51 weeks. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot of episodes. It is. So we're going to try to have some more guests. We missed three episodes in 2018. Yeah, that's, that's not it. bad. That's not bad. And yeah. Only because of holidays and stuff. We're going to try to have some more guests. You don't have to listen to us every week. Yep, just we us. have a few lined up, actually. We just got to schedule better. And... Um, as always, you can follow us on Facebook at Off Topic Podcast. Clearly, you know this if you left us, left us questions. And if you didn't, do it next time. Follow us on Instagram at Off Topic. Follow me on Instagram, Raced in Anger. There's tons of pictures of Monteros right now. Yes. And WRXs. Uh, you can follow Brad at TSI SS350. TSA350. TSI SS350. All right. That is again. It's TSI SS. <laughs> P.O. Box. 350. TSI SS350. Do not send anything to that P.O. Box. Care of. It won't go anywhere. Uh, right now, there are. Walla Walla, of, Washington. Yeah, right now, there are tons of pictures of Sapporo because I haven't updated much since October. <laughs> get on that. Yeah. All and right. What, what am I going to take pictures of? My Montero. Yeah, well, my Montero <laughs> will be on the. Actually, my Montero, exciting news, will be on the road Friday. All right, cool. So they will be Montero pictures, or Raider pictures, I should say, starting Friday. Late tossing it in on Project Car Update. Well, it's not really an update yet. It's a future update. Okay. Future. All right. As always, keep cards analog and aim for the roses.